Hello and welcome to Cancer Stories of Help and Hope with Kind Hearts. In case you haven't heard it before, Kind Hearts is an NGO that goes all the way to educate and enlighten people on the dreaded disease cancer. My name is Benna and I'll be your host on this ride. So Kind Hearts does more than just educating and enlightening people. It also goes ahead to render help to people who are currently going through cancer in terms of supporting them for their treatments and being there for them emotionally as well so one of our beneficiaries is right here in the studio with us she's a fighter she's a hero and she will be sharing her story with us so over to you mom <laughs> kindly introduce yourself my name is Anushala Kapo. wow you heard it from her and she will be going further in to tell us her story so please tell us how where are you from how did you first realize that you had cancer and what year okay it all started during my monthly uh, cell breast examination i was just checking my breast that particular month immediately i just felt the tiny lump i just flew out of bed i was like what's happening i, I didn't see this last month when yeah. did this get here I quickly rushed into the bathroom. I used soap ladder. You know when your body is soapy, you feel very well. I felt the tiny lump. I couldn't sleep all night. The following morning, I rushed to my doctor's office. The first, I was the first person he saw. I was like, I was zapping. And I told him, he was like, okay, probably I should wait till my next period. Might be hormonal imbalance or yes. something. The lump kept growing. Probably it was a psychological, whatever. So I was now referred to a general hospital to see a surgeon so when i got there you no know, general hospital government hospital with their own waiting time and all that so when i got there even the day they gave me to see a surgeon mm -hmm. not even for the um, operation or anything yeah. the day they gave me was like two months far ahead so i was just like man i don't want to joke with my life i know lump is not meant to be in someone's body i just want to take it out and just move on so i use the private clinic I had a lumpectomy and that's lumpectomy is when they remove the lump from the breast yes. so when they remove the lump they actually said I should take it to a lab to check I said nothing is wrong with me I'm fine I won't they gave me the sample I was actually going to trash it but my doctor just kept on saying no let's I know you are fine there's nothing wrong with you but let's check it and all that so sent to a lab and he came back, say three invasive carcinoma. Wow. That is a story that we we all need to learn something from. Like she said, she had her monthly checks, and which is very important, which is another thing that uh, Kind Hearts tries to preach out to people. Always check, always check. It's best to catch it early. So we know that uh, this finding out that you have such an illness is can be very emotionally wrecking to anybody. So how was how did you first react? How did you take the news? Okay, so on that first day, I was still going for dressing on the lumpectomy surgery site. So that morning, I was getting ready to go to the clinic. Then the surgeon that did my surgery, he called me on my other line. He didn't have that line. So I was wondering that, okay, maybe he was trying to reach me. Then my doctor, where I stay, now gave him the other number. I was just trying to place my head around where he got the number. Because when he called, he was like, how, how are you? I said, fine, sir. I said, okay. Are you still coming for your dressing today? I said, yes, sir. So okay, when you are coming, come with your sister. I was now like, 
I brought the phone like, is he mistaking me for someone or something? But later on, I figured out that no, he doesn't have this number. Definitely, you know who he's talking to. So, me, I just went, after I finished eating, I went to the clinic. Okay, before, prior to that time, the lab I sent the sample to, a friend of mine works there. So a doctor has to refer you for an investigation as like biopsy. biopsy. So the doctor's phone number was there and the hospital address and everything. So she already called the doctor. That was my friend that works in the lab. Because she told me that the results will come out um, in 10 working days. I was calling her, ah, babe, what's up now? Where's the result? I said that they are working on not knowing that the results is out. She was crying and doing all sorts. So, when I got there, the nurses were very special, nice to me. I was like, what is happening? Do I look like somebody that these people knew? Or I was not even thinking of anything. So I sat at the reception. The doctor said I should see him before my dressing. So the doctor just came. He hugged me. I was like, hey, today, what is happening? Then I just saw my friend coming in with an envelope. I was like, I was not even thinking about cancer. I was like, whatever. Then <clears throat> I got to the doctor's office. It was like, um, do I have any history of cancer in my family? I said no. He said uh, he learned that my mom is late. I said no. I have not heard of any history of cancer or breast pain or anything yes. and all that. Sincerely, I took it calmly. Maybe that was the kind of person that I am. But at the point that it was like, we don't undo such cases here. You just have to be referred to a teaching hospital when he was writing the referral. I don't know those medical terms then, but I saw carcinoma. I was like, this should mean cancer. I just took the referral letter. It was my friend that she has even cried. Her eyes were so. After that, I still went for my dressing. I was like, I still went back to my studio because I'm a makeup assist. I finished my training for the day. I did the jobs I had for the day. Then when I closed in the evening, because I was staying with my older sister. So when I got home, I just gave them the letter. That's what they said. Though. They were just like, are you mad? I said like, what kind of woman being is this one? You didn't even call for someone to come and be with you. This kind of news and all that. I was like, it's, it's not change anything. Okay, as at that time, whenever I'm talking about it, I'll be like, they said I have cancer. Me, I know I don't have cancer. I just gave them, they said I have, for me, I don't know the nonsense that they are saying. I was still in denial stage. So, the whole journey, that was how I took it. I didn't break down. The only time I know that I, I do cry is when I'm crying to God, like, because I'm a worker in his vineyard. That's why, no, I didn't say why. I was particular about that. When I tell myself, I didn't say, God, why me? Yes. I was just like, okay, God, it has happened. Just see me treat. The only thing that was on my mind was, how do I get funds? Because I know cancer is a whole At least I see fly out of people yes. raising funds and all that. And I've seen it in foreign movies, how it takes a toll on people going through mm -hmm. the treatment. Mm -hmm. Losing a breast was never my problem. My problem was how do I get funds for the treatments and let me just be fine. That was what I was just, that was what was just ringing in my head that state three, is it bad? Is it bad, bad, bad? That's the, that, even when I was on treatment, I go to my doctors, I always ask them when I bring a test results and I'll be like, sir, is it bad? Is it bad, bad? Is it bad? Let me know 
how to go and talk to my God. Because in it all, your faith and your courage makes everything easy. Yes, thank you. She is such a hero because there are a lot of people who cannot even speak like this after going through such a journey. So we know that this is something that it doesn't just affect the person who's going through it, it also affects family members and loved ones around. How did your family take it? Were they supportive? Were they shocked? Did they run away? How, how did they handle it? Okay, <laughs> I will say I'm, I won't say I'm strong because I'm tired of doing that word. I'm not strong. I don't want to be strong. So immediately I gave them the reports. They were crying. Me, I just left them there. Me, I just went inside. Me, I, I, do, I, I really avoided people that would make me because me, I'm a very emotional person. Mm -hmm. So I can come up that I can be strong in the face, but I'm a very emotional person. So my first appointment, I went with my sister. They are the ones that are even always crying because when they follow me to the clinic, even my friends, I will, all of them will bring food. Me, I will be eating. People will not be asking that, who wants to see the doctor? Because they, they are crying. Me, I was like, there's nothing I want to do about it. That is, life happened. I never asked to have cancer. I never asked to be on this journey, but I just have to, I think it's a positivity that I drew my strength from that. So they were supportive. At least I always go to my clinic uh, appointments with my sister yeah. or my godmother, my friend. I was never alone. Minimum of four people were always accompanying me to treatment, to doctor's visit. So I had a whole army rooting for me and that kept me going. Yes. It's really important to have support around us, people to talk to because it can really take a toll on anybody. So mm -hmm. if you are a family member who has somebody going through this, your friend, your co-worker, anybody, try to reach out and be supportive because you really do not know how much this has affected them. Speaking of affecting you, how did it affect your business at the time? Hmm. Okay. After my mastectomy, that was the first stage of my treatments, after the surgery, I was still like, okay, when I was properly healed up, I was still, I was still manage because I have to be properly healed up before I can go for my chemotherapy. Yeah. So after my surgery, once I was strong enough, because me, I won't say I'm a workaholic, but I just like getting things done myself. So I would go to my studio, I would still take classes, I don't stress myself, I just take classes. Maybe the days I have strength, I would go there and all that. That was going then. I started when I started my chemotherapy, the air loss, apart from the air loss, you won't even really know that I was going through treatment because I was very, very fat and fresh. So you won't even know, except when you just see me that there's no eyebrow, that's not what you look like. So at some point, my trainees started leaving, probably they were afraid of, even a client even asked that, has, do you make up on her? Hope I won't infect her with cancer. I know she's she does not really know anything mm -hmm. about so I have to explain to her, I have to tell her, okay, cancer is not contagious. By me touching you, that does not mean you can have cancer. Having cancer is just your cells betraying mm -hmm. you. That's what I put it. It's not me, it's my cells that betrayed me. So that is I explained. And moving forward, after during chemo and all that. I started losing so much strength that I was unable to go to my studio. Then my customers left and that really broke me. But 
I just channeled the whole energy to fighting and winning cancer. Now, when I'm done with this, I'll come to that. Yeah, thank, thank you. you very much. So going back to what you had said earlier, you told us you had your first session with the doctor and he said the results showed that you already had stage 3 cancer. How does that work? It didn't show up at stage 0, stage 1 or stage 2. Okay, um, there's a particular test that shows the stage of cancer and the type of cancer you have so that it will help with the treatment. So the biopsy, okay, the, the biopsy showed the stage, yes, then there are further tests that will show the stage more. So the biopsy came back, um, invasive carcinoma, high grade, with no special type. So, and cancer does not work like, okay, you have to see cancer today, you have to be stage zero, it does not work that way because uh, cancer tumors are slow growing. We have slow growing and we have fast growing tumors. Yes. The fast growing ones, the ones that you have a minimum of how many years, the person is gone. But they are slow growing tumors, they are fast growing tumor. So, but we were understood the one I had was a fast growing tumor because it said invasive. Because okay. during treatments, I can remember my doctor always mentioning that it's aggressive, it's aggressive, it's aggressive. So, just just like that but just in state three already so this is another reason why you really <coughs> need to pay attention to your body because if she did not do her checks she probably wouldn't know that there was anything wrong with her and it may have just gotten to stage four before she could do anything about it and uh, we really need to pay attention to our bodies both ladies both men because cancer can affect anybody at any time, at any place or any part of your body. Welcome back to Cancer Stories of Help and Hope with Kind Hearts. We are still here in the studio with Shola Akapo and she is still taking us through her journey uh, of cancer so far. So we know that cancer can be a really expensive thing to treat from the chemos to every step of treatment that you have to take. How did you fund this? Okay. Okay, okay, okay. This is the part I don't really like sharing about my story because it was a whole lot. Okay, I was doing series of tests, tests in and out, in and out. So when I was supposed to start the treatment, I didn't have any money again. So my godmother was like, she spoke to someone that you can't do cancer alone. I said, I know I can't do cancer alone. So now we have to solicit for funds online. I have to put my picture out there to raise funds. That was a whole lot for me. I broke down, I cried. I cried all the way from Lassut. I cried to Ikorodu when she told me that. I will still wake up in the night. I will cry like, God, has it got into this? That even at some point, some people were like, there's no big deal. I was like, hmm, it's a whole lot for me. Emotionally, I just have to be ready for that. So, I didn't have any choice. So, I just put up my picture, did a flyer, my friends started posting Instagram, Facebook, just posting everywhere. So, I started raising funds. I started raising funds. Okay, before then, I didn't agree to that because I was like, no, my God, my God will come through for me. My God will come through for me. So, 
when they told me that I have to go for surgery, it was like half a million. I don't even have at that point I didn't have a dime. So I went to I can remember going to a church program that Friday. So I was just like I just after the program the spirit just okay. I just spoke to the pastor that I do hear testimony people sitting on the pastor's chair and rolling on the altar. That's okay. I do this sacrificial offering that's okay, fine, it has happened, but God, I just need a sign. I just need you to tell me that, okay, you are with me, you will be with me all step of the way. So, they opened the church premises for me. I sat on the pastor's chair with faith and I rolled on the altar. Within 24 hours, I was able to raise money for my surgery. So, and I, and I was like, okay, that means God is with me. Confidently, when I did the flyer, I started posting it and all that. So, Started with the first stage of treatment. I had my surgery. Then I moved to the next stage, which was chemotherapy. All the money I raised, I I was exhausted it at the third stage of my chemotherapy. At that point, Kind Arts uh, International came to Brighton. Because I was thinking, because I used to hear that it's better you don't start the treatment than you start and, and halfway. So they came with a ray of hope. I was so happy. They funded my remaining chemotherapy treatments and kept on going like that till I was done with my old treatment. Oh, that's wonderful. So, how many sessions of chemo did you have? I had six. That aggressive is very important. Six aggressive sessions of chemotherapy. Yeah. And how did it affect you? Because we know it can bring about weakness and some other side effects. How did it affect you and how did you deal with it? Okay. Me, um someone that my face works for me. So before my chemo I was okay, after my surgery there was Shiloh where I'm a winner. I, there was Shiloh, so I went, I managed even with my staples to go for Shiloh healing service. Then I told God that as I'm starting my chemo the following year, I know people, I know chemo is a whole lot. Even chemo can be so, so toxic that people, people they don't even make it. Yes. That Mio, I called my full name, that Mio, my chemo will just be like paracetamol. I would take it, it will do the work it's supposed to do. And it should not harm me. And that was it. I was always taking my communion before each session of chemo. I didn't, apart from air loss, weakness, fatigue, and all that, maybe loss of appetite, you won't really know that I was going through treatment. Because during my third session, even the doctor that was setting the line was like, ah, what happened, madam? Since that day, you didn't come for chemo again. Is that you don't have money? The nurses just started laughing. That this one that I've taken. Like, why? Where are you putting our chemo? We don't understand. I will just be smiling because one thing I know that if you don't eat during treatments, you will be lean, you will be weak. So that was just in my head. Even when I'm going through pains, stomach pain, and chemo rigors, I will force myself to eat. I might finish eating, then sit down and be crying for all the pain I have to use to take the food in. But I will make sure I force myself to eat. Then it was my fifth chemo that really hmm, showed me pepper. You know, there's a point that you will say, ah, that people will say that they should ask for death. Yes. Ah, no. 
it's it, the thoughts will just I say no me I am winning no me not see no lose is is win 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 I even put sticky note everywhere I won I win when I wake up in the morning I'm seeing that I'm winning everywhere in my room so that kept me going chemo is bad 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 I won't lie I won't sugarcoat it but that is the only way you can get better thank you like we said before she is indeed a hero it is it is not a day's job to go through such a thing and to come out strong and looking as radiant as she does currently and we are happy to have been supportive of your journey so far here at kind hearts international organization so how long give or take how long did your treatment take mm, my treatment took a whole year Oh, for you. It should have been more, but me, I was always like, ah, okay, because I was, it was, I got the diagnosis few weeks, few weeks, 25th, yeah, few weeks, few days to my birthday. So, going through the treatment was a whole year. So, I was just like, okay, I was going to be 35th when I finished my treatment. So, and even before cancer came, I was like, I will, I'm going to celebrate no matter how little. So, cancer now come and said, no, I have to do. Survival pass, even if it's not a whole lot, at least a little within me and my support systems that were there for me throughout my journey. So I was like, it was speed. Even when I finished my chemo, the doctor said I should rest and this and that. Before you know, bam, I'm in the hospital. Said that, Madam, I say you should rest. I say, Ma, I'm, I have a target. I've, t- I've written it down. I've told God because I say I've calculated one month, three weeks for chemo, I've calculated everything that me, I have a target. I have to be done with all of this before my 35th birthday. So it took exactly a whole year from the day of diagnosis. I was like 25th of July 2019. I finished my treatment 29th of July 2020. So it took a whole year. We understand that you are now a coach, a cancer coach, and you help to educate people as well. So how did you start this? How, what really motivated you? Okay, um, it all started after my own treatment because nobody or anything prepares you for life after treatment. That's a whole journey itself. Not, the treatment is a journey, but survivorship is a journey is a whole lot because you are, you are saddled with so much side effect that you have to deal with that affects your day-to-day activities mm-hmm. and there's nothing much to do about it though it reduces some goal with time for example now up to now i don't sleep at night i sleep in the morning so if i have to go somewhere early is a if I have to change my sleeping pattern i've tried a whole lot my doctor has placed me on medications but still it's not working I sleep in the morning. As in the midnight, my eye will be wide open as if it's just daybreak. So I I I just had to learn to work with that so that it does not affect my health and my productivity. So after my treatment, I was depressed. I was very, very depressed that got to a stage I would just feel as if I should just be screaming, be screaming because after treatment I was done. I wanted to move back to my business and everything, but things were not going the way I planned. And uh, things after winning cancer, so many things, things I can't control, I just let it go. I don't get angry at anyone. I let go of things easily. Even if I want something, I don't get it. I've moved past it. I'll just go, better luck next time. 
so that I because my mental health is very very important. Survivorship is a roller coaster. I have a lot of side effects to deal with, so I don't want any negativity or anything that will just take my peace. Because surviving cancer, I I used to hear the word peace, peace, peace. But surviving cancer, I now know the real meaning of peace. I just want to be at peace with myself. Every other thing follow. I come first. I love me first. I come first. Any other person can. I choose who chooses me. Winning cancer is a whole lot. So I don't want because this new this new life. This I okay. That's a second chance. This new life. I I don't want is so many millions that we spent to get it back from cancer. So I don't want anything just to stress my mental health. So when I was depressed. I spoke more to God because that was the only person that was there for me. So, what I'm actually doing now is a message from God that help people and you will be happy. So I started volunteering with foundations. I go for their screening program and and everything. I realized the first one. I realized I went and I was happy. I did it again. I was happy. The more I do it, the more. I am more happy. So I was like, okay, so this is why God, because I was like, okay, God, why did you, because so many, so many things that happened during treatment, so many miracles, miracles, million, million miracles that I know it just has to be God. So I was okay, so this is why you kept me. So I kept doing that. I kept being happy. So I now moved to the stage of counseling people going through treatment. At least I use my own experience to tell them, okay, you might not experience it the same way I did, but at least this can guide you. This is how I felt. So it might not necessarily take the same because everybody's healing, everybody's journey different. is different mm-hmm. and is valid. Your feelings, your emotions, whatever you feel is valid. I might not feel that type of way when I was going through treatment, yes. but yours is valid. And the way I felt then, was valid so I started my cancer life coaching by talking to people and I see that people want people really need someone to talk to so I'm always there some some that don't have relative to accompany them to their treatment appointments I make out time I go there I surprise them and all that which you see the kind of joy it means a whole lot to them because I've been there I know what it means the day I finished my treatment, that kind that came with balloons and so much gifts. I was so, so happy. So from that day, just talk in my head that if, I, if they can do this to me, and it, I felt this happy. I was feeling like a celebrity really that day. Even people at the clinic was like, is this girl one celebrity? Oh, I was, I was, I felt so loved. So I know re- reciprocating that and paying that forward remains something to someone. So I try as possible to go at least when someone is ringing the bell, their last chemo mm-hmm. or their last fraction of therapy, I try to make myself available if I can just to put a smile on the survivor's face because I know it means a whole lot. That's awesome. You've been able to make the best out of your journey. Uh, we would like you to drop your Instagram handle just in case there's anybody out there who's also going through cancer and needs somebody to talk to as well. So you can use her story as an inspiration. So let's just have your Instagram handle. Uh, my Instagram handle is um, Coach Olushola Akapo. Olushola with the H. Coach Olushola Akapo. 
you yeah. have okay. heard it from her. So follow her, DM her. She'll be available to talk to you about anything at all that has to do with cancer and really to just be an inspiration to you and anybody who's going through cancer. And uh, how did life with cancer really change for you afterwards, after your treatment? Mm. Well, I I always tell people, me, I'm seeing the good after cancer that i will say me to me i tell people i will not say cancer is a bad thing to me because before now i'm someone that is not so expressive yeah. i keep to myself so me now like having to talk to people the whole day at times i used to have like a me time i put off my phone for like two hours so that my mental health can be inside because if i have to fill my cup before i can feel for others so if i'm not okay i can't answer anybody's question for the day when i put on my phone again i was like me that i don't even like if you talk to me too much that means you are disturbing me but i don't care i always make out time even when i'm not feeling so good i'm always there to listen even if i don't have any solution anything to their problem but lending and listening ears i found out is a whole lot which i try as much as possible just to be there for them yeah we also know that um having to go through surgery you might not be the same again afterwards how did you find confidence again in yourself to feel like mm. your beautiful self once again okay so like i said earlier i was not bothered about losing a breast i was bothered about getting funds for treatment so mm -hmm. i had my mastectomy so I don't I think it was because the surgery was still fresh so I don't know what I was looking for like few days after my surgery and I saw a mirror what I saw really broke me so since after that day I avoided the mirror for a whole year I avoided the mirror for a whole year I think when I was I know that I was ready mentally mm -hmm. I was I stood in front of the mirror I saw my surgery site and that was the day I embraced my scars. I'm not ashamed to tell anybody anywhere yes. that I have one breast. Yes. That even at home, say, if they are tired of me, they say I used to harass them with one breast. So I am, I've embraced my scars. That is me. That is who I am. That is part of my healing process. And I'm, I'm okay with it. Wherever you are. Just listen to her story and get inspired. Losing a part of you does not mean that is the end for you. You can take that and make the best of it. Inspire people. Tell your story boldly because you are a survivor. And we are happy to really have Shola here to tell us her story. Was there anyone in your life that surprised you, you know, with their support? I know you had earlier said that you had at least four people going with you mm. to your treatments and all of that. But was there anybody in particular that you'd like to give a special appreciation to? Hmm. My appreciation goes to, I call them my armies. Yeah. As in not, as in they all came through, stood by me, with me and still with me. Because up till now, I can't still get back to job and they still support me, even without asking. They still support me up till now. That's a whole lot. I don't know why they love me so much, but I'm grateful to God for the gift of good people in my life. I'm grateful to God.
that's important having a support system around you at your church at your workplace anywhere at all it's important for us to show love and care to people who are actually going through any form of health issues at all it goes beyond cancer it's about really supporting and being there for people so what do you wish you knew earlier before cancer what do you think you you wish you knew earlier hmm. personally or cancer related personally okay okay before now it's not like <laughs> i know god not because my parents told me to but because i know there is god there's a miracle and I'm someone that is always, <laughs> what's the word, always careful with things with life and all that. So even when cancer came, some of my friends were like, ah, what has she done? This one that, you understand, like, I'm a very conserved person. So winning cancer, ah, I have so many things on my bucket. Not like I'm a bad child now, no. But then, so many things that I was like, what will happen? But now, hmm. I've turned questions to the wind, like, let me enjoy life. Enjoy life to the fullest. Exactly. Okay, so many things on my bucket list that, okay, I've started ticking out. Like, before, I would never go on a boat cruise with anyone, but I did, thanks to one of my big aunties that sponsored it. So, so many things that then that I'm, let me say, uptight. I know something, what we have, but now, nothing will happen. So, live life and be happy. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so we'd like to know, like, when it comes to wellness, is there any kind of food you used to enjoy before you no longer eat? Mm -hmm. Do you have to work out now if you were not a workout person before? Do you have to drink more water? Just enlighten us a bit more. Okay. So before now, before cancer, I don't eat anyhow. Even um, soft drinks, as in sugary things, sugar. I don't. So even my siblings are like, is this same you that is not always taking everything? Is you that everything is doing? So before now, I, I don't do all those. So someone said maybe that's why it was now easy for me to cut down. I think I saw someone with coke on my way or how many days ago. I was just looking. I see I'm seeing a foreign body. I was like, yeah. how would this look like? So you have to cut down so many things, so many things. You have to eat healthy and stay fit like every day i still do my arm exercise because of my surgery sites mm -hmm. i do my arm exercise every day when i'm feeling body pains even if i can't do so much exercise yes. i just take some walks like maybe 500 feet or 100 feet like every other day just to keep fit once i feel any weakness or fatigue i just try to do my exercise and do more intake of protein because that fuels the strength because because of the treatment immune system has been compromised yes. so there's so many ways you need to stay active and stay healthy on your path yeah that's great so guys you should try to eat right really because it goes beyond what happens to you on the outside what you eat is who you are so when it comes to cancer as well there are so many things you should really stay away from and maybe one day on this show we're going to have someone who will talk about the best things for you to eat and what you, you should really stay away from if you are uh, trying to avoid cancer or currently going through cancer. We have almost come to the end of today's episode and it has been a lovely time for her to take us through her journey but we would like you to tell us what you would like to advise people who are 
you know just finding out about cancer or who wants to just know more about cancer what would you like to advise them okay for people that want to know more about cancer you probably you can just start with probably your monthly surface examination then if you notice any changes okay just know your body know your breast that if there's any changes because some symptoms are more than lumps that you might not even feel you might not even see so once you know your body you know when there's a change so when you feel anything or see anything please see your doctor your doctor will evaluate you and tell you how more so many tests that you need to do and you can do like a routine checkup to check your body to check not looking for cancer but just check your body to know how you are although early detection saved lives saved mine so about people going through cancer i always tell people that reach out to me that your faith is important in this journey if you have given up that is the other way that that your courage your strength i always tell people the things that make you a winner that makes you win this battle number one is god be it christian or muslim god comes first it's god all the way god makes everything easy he gives you strength he provides money that you need for your treatment and the all the support system is god all the way then you go for your treatment listen to your doctor's prescription do all what your doctor says don't listen to what someone is telling you that they know somebody no listen to your doctor and be prayerful and most importantly avoid all negativity stay with people with positive mindsets and positive things around you anybody that is giving you negative energy please avoid them because you need all the positivity to win the journey to carry on yeah thank you so much shola uh we didn't ask you how many years you've been uh free of cancer as you can see on my shirt on my shirt three years and counting cancer free since 20 20 three years and counting yes She's been cancer-free for three years, yeah. and we are happy that Kind Hearts Organization was been, was able to bring that ray of sunlight to her world. Thank you so much once again, Shola, for being here with us and Thank for you. sharing your story. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Thank you. So, till we meet again next time. Bye. <laughs>